guys. Better late than I never. Have. Better. <laughs> better late than never. Oh, the whole. So the whole story is, my bikes got stolen again. Stop what? it! You're, 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 so you lost your first one. First one stolen. Uh-huh. And then you got one that's new. That's yeah. stolen too. Yeah, yeah. And they took two of them this time. Oh what my gosh! Thing? So I'm like the world's champion. I get my bike stolen. So long story short. Wow. I'm building a bike garage with a lock and stuff on it, and that's what they're doing. Yeah. And it's going to be yeah. the most expensive. It's going to cost way more than the bikes cost. Well, either, either that, or you can build some type of like a a device, like with a bow and arrow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> or, or better yet, glitter. No, yeah. glitter. Glitter. All glitter would be good. <laughs> everybody welcome to the pre-accident investigation podcast i am your host with the most i just made that up i'm i'm pretty sure i don't have the most but i have a ton i'm there are probably people with more let's just put that out there and i'm so glad you're here Uh, this is great so if you've never listened to the pod before welcome i'm glad you're here it is a it is a warm community that talks about things like reliable systems which sounds when you say it out loud boring as crap but I try to keep it a little bit lively. And today, oh, today you're going to love it because today is as lively as can lively be. So we're going to get to hang out with uh, a couple of long-term friends of mine. And, and, and I don't use that term loosely. I mean, these, these, these cats are truly friends of mine. And you may know them. And if you do, you're lucky. And it's Cliff Berry and Amy Wilson. And they come to our community. They've been in the community a long time. But they come to our community not necessarily through the safety side. But in this case, they're biopharma people. And they come through the product reliability and the whole sort of compliance nature of creating biopharmaceutical problems or products or I guess problems. That was a Freudian slip, but I think it's probably true. And they have for a long time, been crafting uh, a treatise, a, a book around this idea of doing their work differently. Pick up on that, did you? There's some stuff there. And that is what we're going to talk about today. And if you've not seen this book, I really like the covers really, not that you should judge books by the cover, because um, clearly you're not supposed to do that, because there's a bunch of stuff that says not to do that. But I like it because it's kind of – when you look at the cover, it's almost like a constellation. You'll see w- when you look it up. It's, uh, it's a really exciting, exciting place to be. And I think part of the reason it's so exciting to me and, and therefore I think will be pretty exciting to you is that it really is a great way to look at all the things we talk about through a lens that's larger than safety. Not that safety is unimportant. Don't get me wrong. But this lens allows us to really look really at sort of the whole entire systems approach to understanding this new view. And that, I think, is a worthwhile endeavor. And the book's great. I mean, it's great. It's written, it's written to be read, which is always a plus, if you ask me. And I think it's written mostly to be helpful. And you know, that's the thing about books is if you write 
a book to be helpful, then your intent is to create a better world. If you write a book to tell people how you think, then your intent is to get people to understand how you think. Neither are bad. Don't get me wrong. But I'm kind of more aligned to the idea of creating improvement in the world. And we live in a world that uh, is demanding improvement. I mean, I don't know if you're noticing, but there's quite a bit of stuff going on. And this book is really a good way to look at it. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So you heard my bikes got stolen again. And I'll tell you, the the second time they get stolen is less painful than the first time. And uh, and I do have the garage mahal of bicycles in front of my little house. And so maybe that problem solved and it really is a system weakness. And if I looked at it, I could probably have understood it better and dealt with quite a bit of less blame and quite a bit more learning. But, you know, it's theft. So the intent was there and it was icky. But I did uh, get to replace them again. So that's good. I can't seem to get my insurance company. Hello, if you're listening, this is for you. Uh, to pay any attention because in theory, one of my bicycles is 0.0005. Let me do that again. 0.0005 horsepower larger than my actual uh, policy will cover. So that's, uh, if you're playing along at home, that's five thousandths, if I have this correctly, over the limit. And I agree, you know, and they use the old slippery slope. Well, if we let one person go, we'll have to let them all go. Okay, you can use the slippery slope argument on anyone other than me. I ain't got time for that argument. But nonetheless, it's recoverable. Life's grand. I'm not going to let it bug me. You know what I did? Replaced it. So there. See, it's that easy. You just, you just replace it. I just bought it. I mean, and I'm lucky. I'm fortunate. I could, I could do that. But I ride it a lot, too. So it's kind of, I don't want to say it's my primary mode of transportation. That seems to be Uber um, around the world. But it's a pretty important way for me to get around. And so that makes a big difference as well. And I am so dang ready for the weather to change. I don't know how you guys feel. But holy crap on a cracker. Uh, let's just have summer already and just be in it. I, I want to open up the outdoor TV. I want to sit out front and you know, hang out. I want to do stuff. That's how I feel. That that's, that's my motivation. And so that's where I am. Ultimately, where we need to be is in this conversation. Because I promise you, I'm not stalling. This is a really good conversation. Listen carefully. Because if you've not met Cliff and Amy, this is your chance. If you know them, this is going to be really, really fun. Listen to what they have to say. Because where they are in the world is a good place to be. And I'm glad they could share it with me. And I'm even more glad I could drag you along on this little journey. So without any further ado, get ready, because we're going to talk about this book, Do Quality Differently, the playbook for creating more success in biopharma or any manufacturing. It's the number one book in industrial manufacturing. Even as we speak, it's the number one book. See what you think. This was a great conversation. Here we go. I like that engineer guy does. Yeah. No, I, was, I was thinking of just wiring it straight up to 110. <laughs> <laughs> and when you uh, grab it, you just complete the circuit and uh, there you'll be. 
So how are you guys? You look marvelous. You guys look young and happy and innocent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not beaten down. Not beaten down by the world. No, never. Ready for action. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Are you excited about the book? It's pretty crazy. Yeah. It, it feels good that it's. I guess it's. It feels like it's complete, which is nice. It took us a long time. Yeah, and it's one of those projects that you kind of have to deem complete. Mm. because you could work on it the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. I don't think it gets any better, but you could work on it the rest of your life. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what's your impression? What do you think? Would you do it again? That's the big question. Well, we're already, we talked about book two. I mean, oh, man. Yeah. You got the fever. Now, now we sort of, I don't know if I would say we know what we're doing, but we know what we would be getting into. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, the, the, you know, we, we figured out how, how, how to work on this as like a team with Amy in one place and me in the other. Right. And then we come together occasionally and meet face to face and it worked. So, yeah, it was good. Do you have more to say? That's the big, that's the ultimate question. Cliff. I think so. I mean, Cliff, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, when you nod your head, it's not that good of a podcast. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, me. I think first. Oh, so, okay. I, mean, I think this book is mainly for people who haven't d- done this before, and they're trying to integrate human performance into operations. And maybe they tried before and they failed too, or maybe they haven't done it yet. But I think a second book would be more like uh, for the mid-experience folks, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, we had talked about, you know, continuing to focus on case studies, because I do think it's the stories and the examples that help people start to really understand, like, how something would be different than currently. So, yeah, I don't know what book number two might look like, but I don't know. I think there'll always be more to say as long as this isn't just what's expected. Right. Well, and I think you get smarter, kind of. I mean, at least that's the feeling I have is that every time you you do it, you Mm -hmm. learn more. And, oh yeah, and there's stuff you would say again, and stuff you probably wouldn't say again. <laughs> I am always, I'm always interested in what you wouldn't write in the book next time. Yeah, oh, that's very true, and it's funny because even that's one of the reasons, or some of the what we tried to include in the book was, you know, here are situations that we faced, and you know, in some cases we felt pretty good about how we managed it, in other cases not so much. Since so we're trying to help people with, don't do what we did, you know, do something different. What yeah. kind of feedback did you get from from your coworkers? I think most people are, they're pleased, they're, they're happy, they are eager to read the book, um, they're happy f- for us, mm-hmm. that it that is complete. Um, I haven't run into anybody yet who's like concerned about what we wrote. Um, I'm sure they're out there. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll find out soon. Yeah. But I mean, we're, you know, <laughs> we, we, we told the story using kind of events that aren't exact and the names have all changed and but those are the events um, right and they help us learn right so but i don't I mean there's nothing in there that's going to make anyone f- feel bad so it doesn't feel like you wrote a tell-all no <laughs> no that's going to blow the doors off the industry that kind of book I hope not. But we I, were trying not to. Yeah. Because, well, we give the advice in the book about meeting people where they're at. So, I don't know. We tried to approach the way we wrote it in the same way. Well, that's excellent. <laughs> Although I think a really controversial tell-all that could eventually be turned into a movie, now that would be a great book to write. 
Because I don't know how many people buy human performance books, but I'm pretty sure we're dangerously close to knowing all of them by first name. It's like 108, I think. 108? It's kind of like that old joke about antique dealers. Do you know that joke? No. If you put 100 antique dealers on a deserted island and gave them one antique table, they would all make a living. (laughs) (laughs) i really like that joke just keep selling it to each other around the circle (laughs) well that's good so so walk me through so so give us the background of sort of the origin and why you guys wrote it um because it is a really it's a really good book and i like the idea that it's not specifically around safety it's really around human performance it's not a book about safety it's a book about human performance for sure and that's one of the reasons why we wrote it is, although, you know, there's so many good books out there, like your books and Decker's books, but to get people in our industry to read them and apply it to operations, which doesn't involve, you know, injury to people, is more about protecting the product. So sometimes they have a hard time uh, understanding that how you keep humans safe is the same way almost to keep the product safe. Um, so we thought writing a book that talked about keeping the product safe by using all those good principles and practices in your books and other books out there, we kind of help them along. And what do you think? Did it work? I think the, it comes through in the book. I, I think yeah. the book is, is, is well done and it'll help them. The question is, will it work? I guess the real answer is, you know, six months from now, will Amy and I meet somebody in the industry who we haven't met before who read the book and they understand it. They, they, they say, aha, this makes sense to me now. Yeah. I think that that would be more the, uh, I won't call it a win, but sort of one of the goals is just, you know, try to get this out farther than just the companies where Cliff and I have worked and the people that we know. Uh, But hopefully they're starting to read it and telling their friends about it or coworkers about it. And it starts to build, it's a different understanding of what it looks like to, you know, really take a more integrated systems approach to how you think about performance and, and improving it. Which is uh, such a cool idea. And I think you guys were quite successful at it. I mean, I, it's, it's really thoughtfully done. What was the process since you guys weren't together? And I actually think writing it together, um, it's kind of exciting. Like that book that Sydney and I just did. Yeah. It was yeah. kind of fun to do it um, yeah. because you can always dump responsibility. If part of it is bad, <laughs> you can say, well, that's, I didn't write that part. I mean, that's not the part I wrote. So I really can't address yeah. that directly. No, yeah. And I think in terms of talking about where we started, you know, I think it was just initial conversations about, you know, what all do we need to include? Like what are the – the big areas where we focused our effort and energy, where we got a lot of questions, where we got a lot of pushback. Um, and so that kind of formed, well, we need to make sure we hit those main ideas and then those areas. And then, you know, kind of towards the end of the book where we talk about sustainable success, you know, that starts to bridge into, you know, there there's things that you do when you get started, but if you want it to last, there's things you need to keep in mind up front as well. Um, so that was kind of the thinking behind it. 
And I think we did add a chapter or two once we got started as well, where we would realize, oh, you know, we, we really should put that in as well. So it's funny because looking at it now that it's done, in a way, I was like, oh, this is even more comprehensive than we might have realized we were setting out to do. <laughs> Which is kind of nice, right? Yeah. And that's that's a that's a cool part of it as well. What do you hope it does for the readers? Um, and I, that's a fair question. I know it's a weird question because yeah. yeah. you could say, well, we want them to benefit. Well, okay, but let's <laughs> no. assume that. But I mean, so, when you talk it, about starting where they are, how did you assume where people were? Um, I, I think the industry, if you go from company to company and site to site, you pretty much get a, a flavor, which is everywhere. It all tastes the same. Um, that's just the nature of, I think, this industry. Um, you know, investigations feel like you start with uh, somebody did something wrong because the process is it was perfect last week and not something went wrong. Um, investigations typically, you know, they, they lean heavily on five whys and fish bones. Um, I think work observations or going to learn about work, we'll, we'll, we'll call it, it feels like they misunderstand, I guess, the lean principle of going to Demba. They treat it more like I'm going for a walk really fast through this manufacturing area. Right. If I see somebody doing something that I think is wrong, I'm going to help them by giving them some instruction. Yeah, but you're uh, exactly right, Cliff. That's amazing yeah. because I find people that they say, well, you know, I go to the field all the time. There's two things they go for. One is they go as fast as they can. Because it's more of a cursory trip through the production right. facility. And then they, they constantly seek deviation. Like their dream day is if they could do the entire tour in five minutes and catch somebody without their PPE on. Yes. Then right. that's, like, that's like the best day ever for them. <laughs> yeah. I guess to go back to your reader question, though, it, it reminds me that this was something that was hard for us because we were trying to write it for leaders. We were trying to write it for practitioners, yeah. you know, sort of different types of people. So, you know, I don't know. The thing that I thought a lot about is I wanted to arm people with information that would help them answer questions better. You know, what is this thing called human performance? Why should we do this? What's our first step? Where do we get started? Um, anyway, so those are some of the things that we tried to address, I think, in the way that we wrote it out. And, and Amy's uh, experience is really cool, too. She talks about it from a standpoint of when she learned about it first in performance, she was like, what is this thing? It sounds like what I already do. <laughs> exactly. Uh, right. <laughs> this isn't any different. It took me a while to realize that, that, it, that it was. So, right. Yeah. I love that idea that the armed people with the right information to answer the questions they need. I think that's, that's really what they're, that's what the book brings to the table. That's what they're buying is they're buying sort of this initial sort of, we wish we would have known this before yeah. we started this and, and how much difference it it's made to us. I think that's actually a really exciting part of the book. And, and that's, if that's what it does, it, it does it well. I like it because it's not, um, it's not clinically written. Is that a fair? No. I'm trying to yeah. think of a good, it's, it's really casual and informal and attainable. So, which is kind because, of because clinical. Me and Amy are impossible at being that way. Right. <laughs> the formal way, the academic way. It's just, yeah, it's written a very, let's just have a casual conversation. 
Right. Mm-hmm. And it and it's beautiful and it does some things that I think no other book in the field is doing too. I think you you bring to it a certain it's clear that you've benefited from those who've gone before you and you bring yes, a certain yeah. amount of maturity to it, which that's kind of a cool thing to say about a book. Yeah. Considering no, we're we're direct competitors. And no, I, no, I hate you. And I, and I hate you. And I hate you. Well, and that's the thing, too, about how we know this book has been received well. I think if other people buy books written by you and by Decker and mm-hmm. by Eric, if they read our book and they're like, who's this Eric Holnagel guy? And then they go buy his book, then that's wonderful. Yeah, no, awesome. it's, if, it, if it desires, uh, if, it, if it increases the thirst for more, then that's probably great. But I actually think what it does is, and this is what I think you guys did so beautifully, is it gives people sort of the um, knowledge that they can try this stuff yeah. and, and not um, be too nervous about it. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Don't be scared to do it because everything's yeah. doable. And that's that's pretty cool. I mean, that's the highest compliment I can think to give you guys. Thanks, yeah. No, thanks for that. You want me to give and you a, a Sydney Decker compliment? It's it's really good. It's 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 broad. It's just not deep. <laughs> that's, what, that's what he says well, about my books. That would be books. accurate. I, think, I know. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what he says about my books all the time. And I said, well, duh. That's uh, that's pretty much the description of me as well. So it's perfect. <laughs> huh. Yeah, that was one thing I was thinking about before our conversation today. Was yeah, this this book. We're not trying to introduce new research. We're not trying to like elucidate, you know, brand new ways of thinking outside of, like you said, the people that have come before us. It's really more about how to take all that and put it together in a way that you can, like you said, do stuff in an organization to um, just kind of change their approaches to pretty fundamental things in terms of, like Cliff was talking about earlier, how you watch work. So, yeah. What was your biggest lesson in doing this project together? Wow. That's a great question. Why, thank you. I'm filled with great questions today. <laughs> I don't have great answers, but I got great questions. Um, I think... Oh, go ahead, Cliff. No, you can name Well, I was going to say, in a way, it was almost easier to do together than I expected. Yeah. Um, I think we, you know, you divide things out. You kind of agree on who's focusing on what. Um, coming together in person a few times uh, definitely made a big difference. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Uh, sometimes we would kind of laugh at mistakes that we would catch or phrases that we would have, you know, thankfully a- didn't use in the final version. But acknowledge, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, you know, so it was good is that me and Amy worked together for like many yeah. years, like four years we worked together. So something like that, yeah. More than even I don't know. Mm-hmm. So we kind of knew how to collaborate, but even so, when you write things in your own words and somebody has some feedback and you gotta change how you're describing it, it's like, hmm, I love these words I wrote, I wrote down. <laughs> but with Amy, it was way easier for me. Like, okay, she's smart. She, we have a great experience together. We've collaborated over the years. So it was someone else I was doing it with. I'm sure I wouldn't have been maybe as open to, you know making changes the way they were made, but it turned, it turned out great. I mean, I, I can't imagine doing this on my own or doing it with, with anyone else. So what plans do you have? Are you thinking about going on a, like a little book tour or having a workshop or a signing party, anything like that? 
Uh, we're going to go to the, uh, let's see, what's it called? The uh, C-H- C-H-O- O-L. Is that what, what is it called? The Cho Learning Conference? Yes. The community of Chinese hamster Human and organizational learning or something like that. Yeah, learning is in there. The community yeah. of human and organizational learning. Yes. HPRCT. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what every every bone in my body was trying not to say HBRCT. Way to so, bring that up. Well, that's, but that's a good place. Are you guys are going to be there? Um, we do a workshop on the Monday and do oh, okay. an hour on Tuesday, and we'll sign books. Oh, see, that's a great idea. That's that's a really good plan. That's an excellent plan. That'll be good. And so the whole workshop is on the book. Yes, indeed. Excellent. So, what's the main message you want people to take away? What what What's the cliff notes of your book, and and pun intended? Yeah, because you should you should never not use the word cliff notes when you're talking to Cliff. It's just it's too easy. Um, the cliff notes. I guess my answer is uh, the biopharma industry does a great job in delivering therapies to patients, but they can do it even better job if they integrated human performance and they would see more success in their operations as a result. Is the industry hungry for that message? That's uh, a good question. question. I think there's a lot of variability in whether people are open to it or not, because I don't know if I reflect over the past 10, 15 years or so, you do see, um, like pieces of this and like presentations that are given at different industry forums or otherwise, it's just not at a point where, like I said earlier, it's, it's, it's not the standard. It's more the exception and not the standard. So mm -hmm. I think that that's really the tipping point that we need to create. So I do think there's a lot of people in the industry that kind of see how taking a different approach would help. Um, but we're just not at that tipping point yet. But they don't know what they don't know, right? I mean, yeah. and, and that's yeah. why the book is so valuable, is it helps people understand there is a there is another way to see this problem, and mm -hmm. people have thought about it, and they've put some time in it, and there's a body of knowledge that's beginning to exist around it, and yes. there's discussions at the global level. And I mean, I think the only way you can do that is to start that journey, is to tell them there's another way. Yeah. And you did that. Yay. <laughs> Look how dang smart you guys are. And and good looking and talented. You got it all. Thank you. Thanks, Todd. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> See, I told you you'd like that. Wasn't that fun? I mean just a little conversation. Thanks for being a part of it too. Um the best thing you can do is look through the book. I, I think you'll find it. Um, it's really well done. It, and the great thing, I mean, I've been thinking about this a bunch, is that it becomes kind of a, uh, what's Jeff Lith call it? A Trojan mouse. Because now you can take these ideas over to the quality side, over to the manufacturing side, and show them, hey, look, you know, this is what Biopharma's thinking right now, blah, 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 you know, to, to kind of build a case that way. And it, it allows you to reinforce these ideas really across the facility and not necessarily in one finite area. Cause 
I think we're the days of just seeing safety as a standalone, you know, like I was just on a meeting where they're talking about the safety culture. No, it's the culture. It's the site culture. That That is the safety culture, Pumpkin. I mean, that's that's how that works. And that becomes a big part of the conversation as well. I cannot thank Amy and Cliff, Cliff enough. I just can't. I mean, I, I, I tried to send them a million dollars each. Uh, in Monopoly money, they they refused. They 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 said we're doing this for the love of the sport, so they just did it, and they got to share with us lots of great information, and it was a really fun, fun way to hang out and have this discussion. And again, I'm so glad you're a part of it. Tell your friends, pass this around if you want to. That's fine. We're always here. There's lots more coming up for sure. Until then, learn something new every single day. Bet you did today. Have as much fun as you possibly can. Be good to each other. Be kind. That's important. Check in on one another. And for goodness sakes, you guys, be safe. Be safe. 